I love it. CNN has just released a list of presidential candidates and hopefuls for the Democrats in 2024. I love this. I think it is absolutely great. We, they, Joe Biden is doing so bad. Even his own state-run media is saying, we can't save you. We can't carry your laundry any further. Let's take a look at their list, and then let's talk a little bit about what's wrong with the Democratic Party and who I think is going to run in 2024. It's been a slow news day, so why not? This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. It's freaking cold here in California. Cold. Last night it got down to 33 degrees. And right now it's still 51 degrees. I I look like Nanook of the North. I have so much crap loaded on me right now to keep warm. Understand something. I have no heat. So, yeah. I had three thermal blankets on top of me and two comforters. That's how cold it was. Slept like a freaking, slept like the dead last night. But, oh my gosh. Now, I apologize to you on the East Coast, because I know you guys are looking at, like, I don't know, 10 degrees, 20 degrees. You have snow on the ground. In California, we have to pay extra for snow. We have to go up to a mountain and then drive three hours to get to a mountain so we can have some snow. And there is snow in California right now. But I just wanted to tell you I'm really cold. One of the reasons that I'm late is because it's hard to get out of the out from under the sheets, out covers. So I'm not able to write this stuff on time. But yeah, I'm sorry. I did make chicken noodle soup. Uh, chicken soup. I didn't make chicken noodle soup. I did make chicken soup, and my chicken soup is phenomenal. Josie had two bowls yesterday, and I have enough to last me for maybe two or three days. I'll have some later. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll actually do a video, a, a rumble video, on how to make chicken noodle soup that rocks ass. Because my chicken noodle soup, I got news for you, it rocks ass. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking at the bowl, I took it out. I, I don't know why I put it in the refrigerator. It was so cold last night. I'm pretty sure the refrigerator was the same temperature as it was last night. But I did take it out. I'll heat up a bowl after the podcast while I'm waiting for this thing to upload. And then uh, have some chicken noodle soup. I'm out of crackers. I'll have to... Yeah, I love crackers. So I ended up buying a load of crackers. Josie had half a half a stack of crackers. And then I ate the half of stack that she didn't eat. And then I ate the stack that was left over. Because I love crackers. She said how bad it was for me, and I, I thought, you know, I, I'm not eating a chocolate cream pie or anything. I'm having crackers. I didn't have any crackers with my soup yesterday. Anyway, so anyway, let's get let's get to the podcast. Um, CNN is finally throwing the towel on Joe Biden. Only 11 months into his presidency, and they and Chris Saliza of CNN is trying to figure out who we can replace Joe Biden with. Now, mind you, this, were af- this was after polls were released that said uh, Joe Biden, 30% of the people 
Forty percent of Dem, sixty percent of Democrats, but thirty percent of all those polled said, "Yeah, Joe Biden should run." Both the New York Times and Washington Post released articles saying, "Yeah, Joe Biden shouldn't run again." Kamala Harris is not much in not much better shape. She's still looking at like thirty percent. Yeah, they're in big trouble. They are in huge trouble. So Chris Saliza of CNN, who is just, a, he's a horrible writer. How do these people get these writing gigs is what I want to know. Because it seems to me I should be writing for CNN. I, little common sense, little things here and there. I, I don't push the prop. Okay, I just answered my own question why I'm not writing for CNN. But let's take a look at Chris Saliza's list of 11 future candidates. And this list, I won't lie, it's funny. It is a funny list. I, I can't believe this guy is act, actually saying this. So I, what I'm going to do is I'll read the list and then I'll tell you what I think about it. So let's go. Kamala Harris, that's the top of his list. And right now, she is the top of any list to run for 2024, including Biden. Biden is is right above her as far as it goes. Uh, let's let's face it, Joe Biden's not going to make it. He is slurring every word he has. There is no way he's going to run again, and I'm not even sure he's going to make it through the next three years. So we'll have to see on that. So Kamala Harris, um, she ran for president in 2020 and got 2% of the vote. She dropped out before... California voted, which is the state she's from, because she was pretty sure she was going to lose California. Yeah, not great. She has a 26 approval uh, percent approval rating as vice president. Okay, so that does her in. Let's just say Kamala Harris, if I'm a Republican, I am, I want her to run. But she's got other issues. She's got that laugh and she's really stupid. There's no question. That, that gal is dumb as a brick. So I hope she does run. She'll be primaried again. Okay, the next on his list, Saliza's, is Pete Buttigieg. Okay, the first question I would ask is, what has this guy ever done? The citizens of South Bend, especially the black citizens of South Bend, didn't like him when he was mayor. He became the... Secretary of Transportation under Biden in 2020 and then took three months off so he could take care of his twins that he had with his husband? And what's worse, no one knew he wasn't there in the middle of a uh, transportation crisis, a supply chain crisis. Yeah, no, he's going to be easy fodder for anyone who runs against him. They're just going to tear his ass apart. What's going to happen if you're president and you decide to, I don't know how two men have twins, but I mean, two men have twins and then they, he needs to take off some months to take care of the twins with his husband, whatever. What's going to happen if he has more kids? Is he going to need to take off while he's president? Yeah. No. Elizabeth Warren... Okay, she's got some major problems. First off, she's a communist, and everyone knows it. Um, she's a joke. 
the Native American thing, when she got into Harvard saying she was a Native American, is going to haunt her for the rest of her life. And she's about as genuine, disingenuine as Hillary Clinton. Which reminds me, I should have probably hit that a little. You'll, you'll find out. Next on the list, so I don't even consider her a thing, uh, Mitch Landro. You might be asking, who the hell is he? Yeah, I'm asking, who the hell is he, too? Well, he's the he was the mayor of New Orleans, and he did actually a pretty good job running for uh, rebuilding the infrastructure in New Orleans, where they had a Category 4 storm, and it didn't affect New Orleans at all. And don't forget, Katrina, 10, 15, whatever years ago, Katrina destroyed New Orleans because the infrastructure was so bad. So he did a good job there. Um, again, who who the hell is he? He's no longer the mayor of New Orleans. And what has he done since? And mayors typically don't make great presidents because it's a very localized position. So, yeah, no, probably not. Gina Raimondo... Yeah, I don't know who that is either. Neither do most people. She's actually the governor of Rhode Island. So name recognition is going to be a hard part. The bigger problem she has is she's also a moderate Democrat. This is going to be a problem with progressives and leftists. We're going to talk about that later too. The Democratic Party is not one party anymore. The Democratic Party is now three parties. So anybody, when I see a Democratic, when I see Democratic polls and I see 10, 10, 10, 10, I don't expect anyone to be much over 10%. And there's a reason. We'll get to that. Um, Gretchen Whitmer, are you freaking kidding me? Now, they started priming this broad back in 2020. And when I say broad, I mean that with the utmost disrespect. She is a horrid, terrible leftist human being. She's a terrible person. She did crappy with COVID. And her state is a mess. When I say crappy with COVID, I mean she was putting old people into back into old folks' homes and then putting people who had COVID into... She's one of those guys. She's like Andrew Cuomo. She actually killed a lot of old people through her policies. Terrible human being. But not only that, her state has high crime, homelessness, unemployment, quality of life issues. Detroit is gone under her leadership. And people are leaving Michigan for Florida. She has turned into a nightmare. And they still have that water problem in Michigan, where people can't drink the water because it's orange. It's been eight years. That's never been fixed. And she was governor for those. Not to mention, she's got some scandals she's going to have to answer for. Like why her husband thought that he being married to the governor of Michigan was going to get his boat released in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Like why she told everyone they're not allowed to see their families, but she flew to Florida to see her family. Yeah, she's got some problems. Not a chance. Phil Murphy, I don't know anything about Phil Murphy. Uh, he is the governor. He is now the 
uh, governor-elect for New Jersey. He barely won his own state against a Republican, and his state is blue, was blue. So I'm not sure why they think this guy who barely won his own state as a Democrat in a Democratic state thinks that he's going to move on. Then there's J.B. Pritzker. He's the governor for Illinois. He's got a couple advantages. One, he's rich. Second, he's governor of a major state. A leftist state, blue state. But he's got some problems too. First off, he was involved directly. Like, the government recorded him with Rod Blakjanovich in 2008 discussing how to implement implement the contribution scandal. Remember that? Blavonajic, or whatever his name is, wanted to, and he was, and this was, what I thought, a big mistake of Trump. Trump actually pardoned this guy. I don't know why. I do know why. Trump is involved in things. So, But this guy wanted to sell a Senate seat in Illinois for contributions to his campaign. He ended up serve. He ended up serving like ten years or eight years in prison before Trump pardoned him. And this Pitzker was actually involved in that. So that's going to come out. He also has some real sketchy mob-like ties with some of the unions there. Um, which, by the way, in Illinois, if you've ever been to Illinois, that's pretty common in Illinois. You, you are not in a position of leadership unless you do have some mob-like ties to unions. Yeah, well, his mob-like ties are... And by the way, when I say he's rich, $3.6 billion rich. So he could probably try and pay himself off. We saw how that worked when the in the presidential election in 2020. The guy who was worth billions couldn't get anywhere. I can't remember his name because I don't really care. But this guy had some real sketchy issues. Uh, another problem, a la Biden, is he's got some major health issues. He's really overweight. He's got some heart problems. He's got some stroke issues. He's not in really good shape. There's a very, he's only 56, but he's got some real sketchy health issues, a la Hillary Clinton. So I'm not sure if this guy is going to is going to be much for a Trump, even a Trump who would be 80 if he decided to run. We'll talk about Trump later. If Trump decided to run again at age 80, even Trump could sit there and say, dude, what's wrong with your health? Finally, and why not, I guess, uh, Stacey Abrams. She's a leftist. She's never won a state election. She's only run city elections. As a matter of fact, when she lost the governorship to governorship in Georgia by 150,000 votes, she's still whining about it to this day. She's got other issues. She supported um, she supported defunding the police. She supported the MLB All Star Game being moved from Atlanta to Colorado, to Denver in 2020. This lost tons of money for Atlanta. And by the way, all the businesses in Atlanta were black-owned businesses. 
And basically, she supported moving the All-Star game from a place where black-owned businesses can make money to Denver, where they're all white-owned businesses. Yeah, that didn't go well for her. And she even said later, yeah, no, that shouldn't have happened. Um, she also supported defunding the police. Now Atlanta is implementing more police on the streets because of their crime problem. I mean, they're up like 30-40% in homicides and violent crime. Um, the biggest issue I have with her, she doesn't look good. And that does count. I'm sorry, that does count. Trump didn't good look, look good. He, His hair, everything. Orange face, everything. Even the orange face he softened up. But there were things he did that he did really well. He always wore a suit. He always looked professional. You never saw him in a bizarre outfit. He always wore American garb. He had a blue suit with a red-white tie. He, he always looked professional. This gal, she wears moo-moos. And I'm sorry, that's not going to cut it. That, as a matter of fact, with Trump, when people talk about Trump, there's a book by uh, Adams. Oh my gosh, hold on. Let me go get, I'm going to pause this. Let me go get this book. Okay, there's this book. I got it now. This book by Scott Adams, uh, who was the guy who drew Dilbert a long time ago before people found out he wasn't exactly a leftist and they started firing him cancel culture and his greatest called win bigly now scott adams understands something i i love scott adams i i've read every book he just released a new one i don't know the title because i didn't get it yet but one thing with scott adams is that he really thinks about presentation and in the book win bigly he talked about why trump won build back better which isn't a Biden thing, was a way to counter MAGA or Make America Great Again. Now, one thing Trump did, Make America Great Again was great. And you remember, I may have talked, I did talk about this in our podcast earlier. Make America Great was a fantastic term because you could say Make America Great or you could just say MAGA. Great. Do you remember what was Trump's re-election saying? Keep America great. Okay? What is that? CAG. Did you realize Trump dropped that? Do you know why? MAGA sounds awesome. He is the president of MAGA. The president of CAG sucks. I caught that. I did talk about it in my... And I actually talked about Win Bigley with Scott Adams, too. President Trump does certain things that everyone loves. And his presentation, his marketing, which made him what he is, is what's important. I know I'm going way off on Stacey Abrams, but I'll, I'll bring it back. He explains what happens. And every politician that wants to win office needs to read that book. Because President Trump, he's ugly, he's orange, his hair is all jacked up. We don't even know it's true. He still presents him well. Jesse Waters also wrote a book where he talked about uh, President Trump. Uh, How I Saved the World is the book. 
And he had mentioned President Trump, when he took pictures with President Trump, President Trump stood in a certain way. The lighting had to be a certain way. The actual angle of their bodies had to be a certain way. President Trump knew marketing. Here's a problem with Stacey Abrams. First off, she's fat. She's ugly. And she doesn't carry herself well. And she wears moo-moos. Not to mention, she's never held any office outside of a city office. She's never been a governor. She's never been a mayor. She's never been anything that means anything. And she's done some bad things. So, yeah, no. She'll lose this election, too. Of course, she'll scream about racism because she's black. So, no, that's not going to work. Read Win Bigly by Scott Adams. It's a great book. Now, I have some ideas about who should win, but first, we need I need to sit back and tell you what I think about the Democratic Party and why it's such a mess. The Democratic Party doesn't exist anymore. It is a three-party party. What the hell do I mean by that? I mean the conceptions of the party have been broken up into three distinct groups. And that's going to be a huge problem for the Democrats. It's going to be a huge problem for the Democrats until someone actually holds the Democrats liable for this crap. And people stop doing it. Okay, the party is broken up into three sections. I don't want to call them parties, but they technically are. Let's call them sections. The first is the most extreme. It is the leftists. They believe in everything from abortion after birth to five-year-olds having transition procedures without their parents being notified to getting rid of jails and police. That's what they believe in. They still believe in it now. All this crime that you're seeing right now, they still believe that. They do not at all believe in the Constitution and think it can be arbitrarily changed. They, I talked about this last week when we were talking about the Equal Rights Amendment. The leftists have said the ERA is an amendment even though the ERA never got voted as an amendment because they wanted abortion. But they also don't believe in free speech. They hate religion. The press should be regulated and censored. That's what big tech is doing now. Twitter, Facebook, Twitter. I'm about to quit Twitter. But that's what they're doing right now. And we should take away the Second Amendment rights. Do you realize that leftists, they keep talking about democracy, 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 right? They do. And the first thing they want to do is take away every freedom that you have. And I I told you when I read an opinion piece once, that's not the type of democracy I want. That's not democracy. By the way, we're a democratic republic. We're not a democracy. But this is what I want to do. The Democrats want to take away your rights. Republicans are just like, hey, I'm not touching anything. Look at Ron DeSantis down in Florida. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. You don't? You don't want to wear a mask. Your business, you want them to wear a mask? Wear a mask. You want to get a vaccine? Get a vaccine. I think you should get a vaccine. But if you don't want a vaccine, you don't have to have a vaccine. Free estate in the country. You want to own a gun? Go buy a gun. Loosest gun restrictions in the country. By the way, lowest crime in the country. One of the lowest crimes in the country. They believe in equity, not equality. That is extremely important. Here's the problem. You can have equity 
And, and Matt Walsh talks about this a lot on the Daily Wire. You can have equity or you can have equality. You can't have them both. Equity means we are all the same. So I, I so Elon Musk invents a rocket that can go to the space station, but he should be worth as much as the guy who is sitting on his ass watching soap operas. So is that, that's equitable. That's equity. Now, if you take away all of Elon Musk's money and you give it to all the people that want to sit in front of their televisions and watch soap operas, is that equality? No, Elon Musk is doing 10 times more for society than than those other 250,000 people that are sitting in front of their televisions watching soap operas. But is it equitable? Yes. This is the problem. And the left has given up on equality. They don't talk about equality anymore. They even, when they use the term equality, they correct themselves and they say equity. Not to mention, um, the left are basically socialists. I would argue communists. They believe in violence to achieve their ends. They believe that violence is justified. You don't believe it? Look at the 2020 riots. Those were all supported by leftists like Kamala Harris, Cory Bush. Well, Cory Bush participated in them. Bernie Sanders, AOC... They were all supported. These people are interested primarily in increasing the power they already have. That's important. They're interested in increasing the power. Now let's talk about the second group, which which are called progressives. Progressives want to change the country as the leftists do to an extent but they want to do it sort of in the confines of the Constitution. Now, what they want to do is they want to do it legally, but they may want to bend the rules a little bit. For example, they're kind of warm, lukewarm, on things like packing the court and things like ending the filibuster, but they've gotten their their butt spanked a couple of times doing that. For example, when they implemented the nuclear option in the Senate, that was done by Reed. Um, and then when the Republicans had power, the Republic and specifically the Supreme Court nomination, they implemented nuclear option, which means you can't filibuster it. And they got their they got their two Supreme Court nominees put in so they're a little warm these are usually more experienced politicians because they realize we can't necessarily go out and change everything because if we lose power or when is the what they should look at progressives always see when we lose power leftists always say we'll never lose power okay they want to increase the power progressives want to keep their power. That's the big difference between the two. They realize that we need to be careful. Anything we do that's that extreme, like ending the filibuster or packing the Supreme Court, that's going to come back to haunt us because there's a good chance we will lose power. 
That's why you see Corey Bush and AOC screaming, let's get, let's pack the court and end the filibuster. Yeah, they scream that because they don't realize that um, you could lose power. I mean, they're going to lose power in 2022. So there's that. FDR was a progressive. He was a very savvy, he was a very savvy politician. And he knew that I'm going to try some things and see how it works out. And then it didn't work out. And he said, okay, fine. I would even go so far as to say Bernie Sanders is a progressive because he does want to implement communism within the boundaries of United States law, but he is an open communist, so I don't think he's a progressive. I think he's a leftist. So a lot of the time they, they like to work around the Constitution and what they, how they do that is through the judicial branch. Sue people, take it to the Supreme Court, crap like that. Okay? They're not willing, they're really not willing to support things like extremes because they've gotten screwed too much, but they, they are warming up to it. And they're warming up to it because they're actually leaving the progressive branch. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Progressives include Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. The ACLU would be a progressive organization. And again, the difference between leftists and progressives, leftists want to increase their power. These people, progressives, only want to keep their power. And finally, there's the moderates. That is what the Democratic Party used to be about 10 years ago. Though they didn't agree with Republican policies, the ideology was the same. They believed in the Constitution. They believed in the rule of law. They believed in the legal process. Republicans and moderates can have discussions, debates, and they can negotiate. There were no absolutes, whereas the leftists say, it's got to be this or I'm not doing... Yeah, they didn't think like that. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema would be what you'd consider moderates. Here's the problem that the Democratic Party is having. The left has a huge gravitational pull within the party. Progressives who have been lacking in moderation can be pulled into the leftist movement. That's what's happening to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the groups like the ACLU, which used to be a very moderate party. They see the left is moving towards their ultimate goals faster, and they like that. And so they sit back and say, okay, well, let's try it. The problem is, with leftists, is like gravity, pulling on a planet, the foundation could on that planet could actually crack and the body could separate. We see this in the Democratic Party right now. The moderate Democrats and some progressives are pulling away from the rest of the party because they do not like the policies of the left. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are examples of that. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's, they're examples of people that are being pulled towards the left. Manchin and Sinema are staying back of some of these wild policies because they are just wild. They're nuts. They don't want anything to do with them. Republicans see these people as independents. Even 
Republicans. And that's a bad way to see it. That's being naive. These are not Republicans. These are libertarians or just Democrats. They're just not willing to defy reason, Manchin and Cinema specifically here, to go along with these leftist policies because they know it'll destroy the country. And other good news about this is that people eventually become the strongest member of the Democratic Party, like Joe Manchin is right now. Because a lot of Democrats are moderate. There are no, here's the big secret, the dirty secret, the secret that AOC doesn't want you to know, not a lot of people are leftists. Um, not a lot of people are mo- uh, progressives. They're pretty much everybody in the real world is a moderate, like Joe Manchin. And eventually people see Joe Manchin, they say, you know, I like Joe Manchin. We also see this, this kind of, this kind of gravity effect happening in, uh, gravity effect happening in culture. We see people like Dave Rubin, who was a classical Democrat at one time. He would be completely open to interviewing conservatives like Ben Shapiro, Larry Elder. Larry Elder, which really changed his mind on things. Um, Thomas Sowell. And he got turned off by the radical Democrats of his time, which were progressives. And now he's more of a libertarian He's still kind of a Democrat, but he's more of a libertarian. I've read his book. And he is now on a conservative website, The Blaze. Joe Rogan, who could have been seen as a progressive, for Christ's sake, he supported Bernie Sanders, is now sounding like a conservative on all of the China, because of all of the China virus restrictions and the lies they told about him when he caught the China virus. Even Bill Maher, who is another progressive, thinks that leftists are going nuts. And at times, when it comes to free speech and cancel culture, he sounds like a conservative. I think Democrats are in trouble here. And there were thoughts that Republicans would split when Donald Trump lost the election. This was a big story in the leftist media last this year. Guess what? The Democrats' party has already been split into three separate parties, and none of those, none of those groups are getting along. So, okay. With that being said, here's who I think will run for the Democratic no- nomination. Their success, I think, is extremely iffy because of where they stand within the Democratic Party. First guy is Gavin Newsom, the California governor. He's an arrogant prick, he, and he thinks he's done a good job in California. I think his, his re, the reasoning that he did a great job in California is on a few things. One, he won the recall election. So he s- seems to think that's a mandate that he's done a great job in California. Um, his radical policies, he sees as a metric for being successful. He doesn't care about the failures. He doesn't care about crime. He doesn't care about mental health. He doesn't care about homelessness. He doesn't care about housing. He doesn't care about quality of life. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He just says, oh, well, if I implement a mask mandate for the entire state, I'm successful. 
if I make California an abortion sanctuary state, I'm successful. Or an illegal immigrant sanctuary state, I'm, I'm being successful. He's really stupid. And again, he also knows he's good looking. Which is extremely superficial because you can tell how irrelevant he is just when he starts talking. He's dumb. So he sees radicalism as a success, even though his radicalism has been hurting himself, has been hurting his state. He doesn't care about the state. He's living in a mansion. He doesn't care. He also believes that California should be a model for the country because we don't have enough. We need homelessness throughout the country. We need drug addicts throughout the country. We need a 50% crime rise throughout the country. Here's his problem. He's too much of a leftist. He has no chance. He has absolutely zero chance of winning. And people in the first debate, when they have the, the 38 people in 2024 that are standing on the debate circle, yeah, he's he's done. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be 35 just when she would be uh, sworn in as president. Here's the problem. She's stupid. And she's so stupid, she thinks she could actually be president. She'd have no chance. Don't be shocked if she runs. I mean, she won with 2,000 votes or something in New York, representative, and she's just terrible. She's pretty, don't get me wrong, but she's also stupid and vicious, and that's what turns a lot of people off. Joe Manchin could run, the senator from Virginia. He's a moderate Democrat has gotten a lot of name recognition because he opposed that Build Back Better garbage plan that Joe Biden has implemented. But he'll have a really tough time getting elected because he's a moderate. The progressives and the left will not allow him to get through the primary. And then it would depend, if he got through the primary, who was running as the Republican. I think if Donald Trump wins again, we'll get to that in just a second, if Donald Trump runs again, Manchin could beat him. I think if Donald Trump, if uh, Manchin runs against, let's say, Ron DeSantis, he gets his ass kicked. Won't even be close. I don't think either of these guys, either of these three have a chance. I really don't. But... I think they should be added to the the list because they're there. And I think we're going to start increasing because I think you're going to look at the Washington governor is going to run, the uh, Oregon governor is going to run. You still got people like Cory Booker, right? You've got other people who are going to run for this thing. But you know who I don't want to run for president? Donald Trump. I don't want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. And here's the kicker. If he ran today, he'd win. Understand something. I love everything about his policies. I think he is a culture warrior, which is what the Republicans need. Though we're seeing a lot of that in DeSantis. I think he calls out what needs to be called out. I think he understands foreign policy and will keep our enemies in line. Most of all, I think he loves this country. That should be a requirement to be president. Joe Biden hates this country. We can see it. Or he's acting like he hates it. 
Joe Biden or um, Donald Trump loves capitalism. He loves the Constitution, and he loves the freedoms that the Constitution guarantees. And he wants us to have that Constitution, that those guarantees. I also think he's polarizing. I think he says things. He's very clumsy when he speaks. He's very clumsy when he tweets. Matter of fact, I think the fact that he's banned from Twitter is a good thing if he decided to run again. Because a lot of the crap that he got was because of his tweeting. He will also be 80 when he runs in 2024. I don't think we need another 80-year-old president. Matter of fact, I think there should be I think there should be age limits on when you can run. Not to mention, we have some really great candidates out there. Christy Nome, um, uh, Greg Abbott. We've got Kennedy. We've got Ron DeSantis. We got people who are like Trump. Granted, Christy Nome is kind of iffy. Um, she's kind of a moderate Republican, but we got some good candidates. I hope he stays out and he supports whatever candidate is nominated. And that candidate will win in a landslide. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Time to drink some soup because it's really freaking cold out there. Bye.